This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y Tune Shuffle. Sandy, I haven't seen you in so long. Christmas sweater. Oh, look at this. Because <laughs> your mom <laughs> believes in Christmas. Yeah, it's great. That is great. Listen, I, 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 I uh, have been um, talking about putting up uh, Christmas lights. Now, I just white, just white. But you Sandy, have them got... readily available, like if you can go get them. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got uh, all my boxes up in the attic, and I could just go get them. So, you know, but it's, you know what, I, I, I spend a week doing it by myself in the Christmas time and I don't want to do it again. I just took them down. (laughs) (laughs) That's why my dad stopped decorating in December because it's too hard for one person to do it all. It's a lot of manual labor. Yeah, it is. Well, and now that's, that's who I am. I meant well labor. <laughs> you know, that's all I do. I swear to God, it's just, I, I, I am a, you know what I am? I'm a groundskeeper now. <laughs> I am. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. We'll have to talk about this whole coronavirus and you know, all the crazy stuff. It's just insane. And yeah. you know what I was, I was thinking as, as we get talking, we could say, boy, you talk about social distancing. You know, we're talking hundreds of miles apart from each other, right? That's all right, yeah. though. Yeah. Are you the second time I've done anything like this on camera, and it's really weird. Yeah, it's so funny how like we're we're people who are used to being on mics, but it's very different this way. And do you guys get anxiety doing this kind of stuff, or no? Yeah, you do. She does it all the time. I not I don't, this. I don't, I don't really yeah. do it. Let me tell you, the only anxiety I get is that uh, because I'm getting so old, I have to wear reading glasses, and it makes my oh. eyes look buggy it does not. you know my eyes are much smaller but i take my glasses off and i you know if i had to look at 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 some you know something on the screen other than i can see your faces and i know who they are but i couldn't read any of the writing well um, no one's gonna be watching except us my anxiety comes from like i can't stop looking at myself (laughs) so let's do that yeah and so i'm like oh focus on someone else they're normal yeah i I, I know you're you're normal that's we all do it (laughs) Did you guys see that video about the Zoom meeting with the 15 coworkers and the one woman didn't know that people could see her and she took it into the restroom with her? That's so everyone saw she put the phone down and she started to pee and everyone started laughing and then finally she had to turn it to the side because she forgot everyone was looking. So it's just so funny. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. You think about everything. I even thought, because I literally, I'm so sorry. Again, I was, I thought I was testing it because I've never used this site. Oh, no, yeah. That's Sandy, all that Mark, so good to see you. Yeah, that's it's, all that Mark was doing too. That's all I was doing. Okay with it. Um, but gosh, that yeah. made me feel, felt so bad. I felt like I was interrupting an interview. That's why. But uh-uh. you know how it is. No, we um, were just talking. We're testing the microphone. That was it. Oh, good. Yeah. But then yeah. I was we were talking head, about your. Looks so boring, and there's nothing in the background. I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, listen, look, look. I, I, I had to. I, I set all this stuff up. All this stuff like I arranged. You know, I wanted to say. <laughs> I set all this up. You know, it's like the the, the super expensive, uh, you know, Nike oh, shoes. Oh, your shoes, yeah. Dylan. That is funny. Yeah, he's he's got those. That's sitting down. Are you going? And then Ryan always. Are you doing any walks and, and, and exercise outside? I am, yeah. Did I, did I tell you I'm the groundskeeper? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. you've got enough manual I, labor. I 
shoveling. I am digging. Uh, um, you know, I, honestly, I have not left my. Well, that's not true. Today, I, I, and there's all kinds of things we could talk about with this coronavirus. But have you seen the amount of Amazon drivers in your neighborhood? So many. I of mean, them. yeah, they are so busy every day. It's like four times. There's yeah, people's get my recycle bin with cardboard is overflowing. So I'm taking in early in the morning, I wake up and I cut the boxes, really little pieces, and I sneak them over to the next door neighbor's blue bin and I put them in and then I run <laughs> back to my house before anybody wakes up. <laughs> You're like the Amazon Santa Claus. Yeah, no kidding. No, I'm, I'm the, yeah, I'm the, I even go in into the labels and it says Barbara or Mark Wallinger, what is it? I cut those out so nobody will see that it was oh me God. that put my boxes in their recycle bins. Because yours oh is God, so I love, full. I love it. That is when you know you're taking care of all the precautions. Yeah. Did you guys hear about, about like, oh. I are you about what to do with packages right now? Like, with uh, what? as far as with packages, because I'm all paranoid and I don't know what, what we're to do with them. Well, like, like wipe them down, <laughs> disinfect the them about, about the big. Yeah. So do we do we get the packages and then wipe them down and then put some I heard put it outside, put it outside in the sun. I'm like, well, it's been raining for a little bit. <laughs> and also, I don't have a, I, I live in an apartment. I don't really have anywhere to put them. So it's just a weird, like, I don't even know what to do with things I order. I don't know. Wash your hands. You know? Well, here's uh, my, here's my, <laughs> uh, are you recording this? Are we doing this now? Is this what's happening here? Yeah. No, well, we can all bring it back up. My, hold on one second. And then whatever you guys want. Yeah, to get, get your okay. tea and then get comfortable and we can just go. It is recording. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to, even if she had a little lavalier mic, mm -hmm. you know, it's that it's, uh, I, and I'm, I'm watching uh, a lot of TV with everybody being interviewed on their laptops because everybody's at home. Yeah. And it's amazing just the difference. Just, I mean, the, you, you understand that the picture is not necessarily going to be studio quality, but, and not that the sound is, but it's just the microphone, the little tiny laptop microphone. Um, okay. So this is We're an episode about lavalier mics. Lavalier uh, mics. Hey, did if I you're... order one? <laughs> did you order one? You said, did I? Oh, I well, no, I mean, it's, it's honestly for your social media, uh, you know, at work and stuff, the yeah. lavalier mics are, you know, they're so close. The audio, the, the, the audio quality is so good when okay. you're sitting are you on a, right now? no, no, no. I'm actually, He's got believe a, it or not, I, I, a USB I've Yeti. A, I was thinking, you sound so good and so clear. Oh, look at that. Uh oh, now we ruined it. We can't hear you oh, anymore. No. Yeah, you ruined it. We can't hear you anymore. Hold on. Let's see. There it is. There we go. Uh, tell me when you can hear me again. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. Microphone, speakers, God, universal. Looks, looks like I'm in like a bunker. Under, I look like I'm on hoarders. Did I try you have it? me back? I, uh, I haven't put on makeup in like four days. That's just fine. Oh, my God. Mine was two weeks. I had to do it today for a, a video at work, and I had an anxiety attack because I was like, "What's the point? How do we like, do this? Are you are you work for, working from home? Are they letting you do no. that? You have to go in. No. Oh, you're going in. Yeah, every day. We haven't even stopped. Let well, me just uh, let me just set the stage a little bit. This is a Y Tune oh, Shuffle, and uh, my name is Maggie Mayfield, your normal host. Our regular host, David Earl Waterman, is moving for some work related thing today. And so our guest, Sandy Steck, is being joined by Mark Wallengren. And I'm so excited to have both of you on the show today. We're going to go through Sandy's songs, and I'm sure that Mark and I are going to have some as well. So this will be kind of a jam packed episode, but we're all radio people, and so we're talking 
about um, iHeart where Sandy Stack works now uh, for a morning show up in San Francisco. And she also does uh, work for their sister station called Coast 103.5 here in Los Angeles, uh, which Mark and I are both familiar with. And that is where we are right now. So there's been a lot of talk about through this pandemic, furloughing and people sheltering in place, of course, as you know. And so that's where we are. So Sandy's still going in. Mark and I are home. And um, I don't know if I'm jealous yeah. that you get to go outside on purpose or like uh, if... You know what's really funny? It's like, it's actually helped. Uh, I'm grateful to go in. I'm grateful to still be working and I'm grateful to still go in because if I wasn't, I need routine. People need routine. Totally. And it throws you off. When yeah. You don't have your routine. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a weird place to be. And I, it, but it's so funny. Like I'm, I didn't plan to be a news reporter and it's, it's with all the serious stuff going on, you have to have a very good, a tone that makes sure everyone you're informing people, but also honest, but you don't want to scare them. But how can you be on air when you're also scared? So it's a weird, you know, this is just, I think everyone's going through this emotional roller coaster. Every day is different. And you're the voice. And Mark, you've had experience with that too. Like and behind you know the you, scenes. You, yeah. Behind the scenes, you've talked a lot about having to work through the um the riots and through the the yeah. earthquake in 94 96 i can't remember uh through 911 yeah 94 yeah 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 so what yeah. is your advice to yeah. a younger it, broadcaster it, sandy stick or anyone that's still doing this well uh you know in, in this great time of worry i all i i would do to just try to tell you is you name off all those other uh you know uh, huge news stories that had this uh national international impact in some cases um is pretty much just always try to remember 95 percent of everything you worry about will never happen it, it really won't you know i mean listen i heard a story today and this guy was going on about he knows somebody at the defense department the national guard's <laughs> going to be calling out they're going to be confining people to homes they're going to be tanks in the streets you know all this stuff right i mean people can just let their minds go i i, I just I don't have time for it. I just, I can't. All I can do is uh, stick to the facts. I like the science, but, but, and, and I, uh, and to, to bring some lev levity to it a little bit. And Sandy, you being, you know, not only a, a great morning host there in San Francisco, and you're actually filling in in my old position on, on Coast 103.5, um, you know, and you do great stand up comedy. What are you dealing with when it comes to the comedy, and how do you bring it into this kind of situation? Well, none of us are allowed to leave our house right now. So, <laughs> you know, uh, all my comedy shows for April were obviously canceled or moved. Uh, a lot of people are doing stuff online, like virtual open mics, which it's so funny. I thought, okay, Sandy, you've been doing this 20 years. Write some notes. You got to write some notes. What's the funny? What's the funny? And I'm finding myself so exhausted of just getting through the day that I just want to watch Tiger King at the end of it in my sweatpants. Yeah. So maybe like, <laughs> ask me in a week or two. <laughs> but right now yeah. I've been trying to deal. So uh, I think allowing yourself, whatever profession you are, I read a great post. Do you guys know who, have you heard of the Whole30 diet um, or the Whole30? It's the, uh, what, Melissa Urban wrote this thing and she wrote it on Facebook the other day about, uh, she was confessing to her, having breakdowns over the last week. I had a breakdown in the grocery store. I had a breakdown in the parking lot. I had a breakdown with my son. I had a, and she's like, you know what people need to remember. And I, I took it to heart. She's like, you can feel all of that and still acknowledge um, the good, be grateful for some things and also acknowledge that it sucks too. So it's like where I get stuck sometimes is, you know, am I allowed to be funny? Am I allowed to make a joke? Am I allowed right. to, like, 
put a tweet the other day about um, like my my birthday is the end of May and I want to go to Vegas and I had this trip planned Memorial Day weekend for since before this started happening. That explains your and recent I, tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, and I didn't say I was going to Vegas, but I'm hoping to go. And someone tweeted back, you know, that's just for people with addictions. It's a horrible place. And I thought like, Aww. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to talk about what relates to me, but it's what hold relates on, to hold me. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't yeah, even right. I can't even go there with people like that. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like the, the political stuff. I don't care whether it's left or right. You know, there's a lot of it that is just dang funny, you know, and, and my favorite thing. Listen, I posted up a picture of an Easter basket and yeah. in the Easter basket was Lysol. <laughs> bleach, you know, yeah. Right. Well, there are a couple of people that was, this is not funny. You know, this is, this, this is a major crisis. So I don't even know oh. if I want to bring up the COVID-19, which is all of us being stuck in the house. How much weight have you gained being in the home all the time, eating oh. and doing all this food? It's like, you I call the it the COVID-19. Right? Mm-hmm. The COVID-19. Exactly. That's what they yeah. call it. Yes. You no, know, we talked about that the other day with my, with my coworkers. We're like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm inspired, but not really. Like there's a lot of people online who are like, they have their little, one, they're like, oh, here's my wine bottles and their dumbbells. I'm like, well, I drank both of mine on the weekend. That's uh, that's where yeah, we're so a little. The weight's a little bit lighter. And what <laughs> yeah. if they drop it? That would be terrible. Have to do more reps. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, for me, that's my challenge: is how can I still find my voice, whatever my voice is, throughout this, but be true to myself because my natural self wants to be. I want to find the light in it because if I don't, I'm going to be miserable. There's a, the headlines are already hard enough. So how mm-hmm. can we allow ourselves? Right. But sometimes those you one know, people that comment those things will yeah. get to me. Yeah. And, and let me ask this, just to either one of you, just throw it out there. How do you think things are going to change once the worst of this passes? I mean, how deep of a, an effect has this had on us as a society? And I'd like to just throw this at us. Here we are. We're we're hundreds of miles away, social distancing right here, all three of us here. And yet, you know, we're getting work done. So many people are sent home to work. Could you imagine if all of a sudden people said, you know, this thing working at home is actually really productive. People can get stuff done. And hey, we're a big business. You know what? We have all these cubicles and we pay tens of thousands of dollars a month rent. We don't need to do that anymore. Let's let people work from home. And think about if 20% of all the people in Los Angeles, where we are, stopped going to a physical place to work, they could do it at home. Imagine, there's your commute problem. There's your air pollution problem. Mm-hmm. I mean- It'd be amazing. You know, I, I would think, love to see something like that. Happen. I think it'll be more on like a micro level. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but when we have to go to the store and there's someone that's just a little too close, you make that face, that squinchy, like, oh, get, get away. Like, why are you so close to me? Right? I think that yeah. that will be really hard for people to let go of. And that there the may- paranoia. The, yeah, there, I think- social distancing will make it really hard for us to integrate again and like stand in line so close to each other at Disneyland. You know what I mean? Where like, as before that yeah. was part of the experience. And now it's like, Ooh, why are you breathing in my space? Like, Ooh. yeah, that's a good point. I think that'll be hard to get yeah. rid of. I, I, uh, I, I also think that uh, the psychological change that we've all had in mm-hmm. going to the grocery store, something as simple as going to the grocery store has forever been changed 
I mean, and, you know, I've uh, uh, said, uh, you know, on, on my Facebook page and, you know, the, a couple of times, it's like, um, uh, A, having been raised a Mormon where they believe in a two-year food supply, like who could ever put two <laughs> years of food anywhere? But the point is... You in your I house. Like, <laughs> I like... I like seeing, you know, a lot of jars of whatever up in the, I just like that. So when this happened, and plus we're sitting here, you know, Sandy's up in San Francisco. We're here in Los Angeles, uh, Maggie at her house. I'm at my house. Uh, You know, we're an earthquake country. San Andreas is both of our friends or enemies, so to speak. And we're supposed to be prepared. Yet, how many people didn't have two or three days worth of food in their apartments or their houses? No. That, like, I think that's forever going to change. Yeah. yeah. That, I'm and having I, conversations with my parents that I had never had, but they're both 76 mm-hmm. and I worry about them. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to travel out of state two weeks ago, uh, right before the shelter in place started here in the Bay. And I, I, it was the day before it happened. And I was on the phone with Southwest Airlines. And then I looked at my parents. I said, please don't go. I said, you guys, I, and my mom was really upset because they kind of got it, but not really. Mm-hmm. And then everything started unfolding. So we, but it's just, it's weird. It makes you think about things that you maybe knew you had to think about, but didn't want to think about. And, oh, now we're actually going there. Mm-hmm. So this new yeah. reality is really hard for me because I never wanted to go there. I still don't want to be here and we're here. I don't like it. You I'm know, comfortable talking. That's, I think, the beauty of Y-Tune Shuffle, so I'm so glad that you're both here, but I think that music, especially for me, is helping me stay calm and sane and normal, right? Because there's all these songs that were made before this month, right, that kind of ground us. And so, Sandy, you've brought to the table five unbelievable songs, so I can't wait to get to know you, but I kind of want to spring something on you only because this has been burning, and it's so fun to have um, kind of a panel discussion of, like, radio people also, so... Thinking about your very first job or one of your early jobs in radio, is there a song that comes to mind? Can you talk about that, the format, like your program director, anything that any, anything that okay. comes to mind? This is not going to be a happy, fun story, but That's it's okay. funny. Okay. So my first, my first, my first station uh, was in San Jose, and it was a hot AC station. So we played a lot of, you know, the Katy Perry's and the Maroon Five, Taylor Swift, very much like my station in San Francisco. And I did the midday show. So I was on from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I had that job for 10 years. Wow. And yeah. And, and which is unheard of. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful. But man, you guys, did I get bored? I was bored <laughs> in that little studio. As a, it just, you just, you get, you get along with your thoughts long enough and it gets boring, you know? And I remember we would play, we would play Nora Jones, Don't Know Why. <laughs> and the, the cadence and the, the, that song was so like mellow and slow. It made me almost psychotic. Wait till I saw the sun. I don't know why I did. And it's a great artist. But it's you're alone with your thoughts and that song for years and years. And you feel like, does anyone hear me? Is anything happening? And I. And I, I, I was in a place, too, where I just wanted more of a challenge. So I was kind of already done with that specific job. And it just really drew things. It's, it's almost like, if, you know, if you're lonely yeah. and then you hear only the lonely. You know, it's just like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember my first radio job. I grew up here in uh, Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, I am here 
at the house I grew up in. I mean, this was, you know, where, where, where I lived when I was a, a teenager. And um, I got my first radio job at a little country station. Mm. Now, I was a prog rocker in the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. I got a job at a country radio station. I'd never, I mean, other than, you know, hearing it on the radio growing up near uh, early in my life in, in Park City, Utah, uh, with truckers and all that stuff. Anyway, I get this job at this country station. It's 1977. The biggest hit in the country is Rhinestone Cowboy <laughs> by Glenn Campbell. But I'm gonna be where the lights are shining on me Like a rhinestone cowboy <laughs> It's the guy who's trying to make it big in showbiz, right? He's going to be the rhinestone cowboy on Broadway in New York in the big city. But here he is. He's a cowboy. And he's a country kid. And he's and I've just felt like such the opposite of that. But I could understand what he was trying to do because I was that little kid trying to figure out a way as a oh. broadcaster to get back home to Los Angeles. I wanted to be like that little rhinestone. Oh, that's I cool. I love that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So yeah. I still hear that song. And and while I completely got burned out on it, like you and the Nora Jones, um, I I listen to that thing now and I can get a tear in my eye just kind of well oh. thinking about what that what that whole process of completely moving away from my family and being out there in the middle of nowhere by myself. Yeah. It, me and a Dairy Queen. That's what it was. Wait, so you born in L.A., but you took your first radio job in Park City. Yeah. Did you see the movie uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. Was it that, like that? It was that town. No. And it was exactly like that town. <laughs> it was it was wild. I mean, Pete, women with moo-moos out in wheat fields, standing on a house that hadn't been painted in 50 years with a screen door that batted in the wind and some old guy throwing footballs with some gift. Listen, I was 21 years old. I had a 16-year-old girlfriend. What does that tell you? Everybody... You know, everybody like, left the town. You know, it's weird. I could think about it now, and I, I, I go, I don't know what you were thinking, but it, at the time, it was like I was the 17-year-old. I mean, that's was, like, that's pretty normal in radio, though. Culture. You know, every, you leave. Were you, you, leave. you born in Los Angeles? No, born in... I was actually born, yeah, near Park City, Utah, and then uh, moved here when I was eight years old. My mother was a television writer and started getting work, and so we all moved here, and I became a city kid. Oh, wow. That's really neat. Right? Crazy. I love Utah, though. My, you know, what was your first job, Maggie? Uh, not interesting. Not a song that comes to mind, but my first morning show job was still pretty early on in my career at a little station called Cow 97 in Sparta, Wisconsin. And my co-host, Arnie, I'll never forget it. He had just like one of those really weird voices, but he was so friendly and um, he loved country music he was so into country music he could tell you who sang it who wrote it where it was produced anything and he loved dwight yoakam and so every time guitars and cadillacs came on the radio he would be his baseball cap would be down and he'd start wagging his finger guitars cadillacs you know and he would just sing along and then the song would be done and we'd go on the air and he'd always go count on to seven they should make a statue for that guy. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Arnie, Arnie like Andrews. They kind to each other make a statue for that guy. They should make a statue for that guy. Well, you yeah. know, it's funny because I do see the, the list of Sandy's songs. And, and what I just, I see this 
wonderful mix of, of, of emotions. And, you know, we're all kind of wonderfully complicated people. And, you know, the, the, the first one I see here, here and we I want to know why this song all right. next with you. Here is, is song number cross. one. I know you got mountains to climb, always stay humble and kind. If you're not familiar with it, that is uh, country singer Tim McGraw's Humble and Kind. And I, you know, just just the title of that, I mean, having known you, Sandy, you know, that's that that seems... Uh, like you, but w how does that song connect with you? Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. Um, believe it or not, I never liked country, and I was one of those people, oh, God, country, gag me. Uh, <laughs> and over the last three to four years, I've pretty much fallen in love with it, so I don't even know who I am anymore. I <laughs> It started with Chris Stapleton, and that's that's what started it, and, and now, so that specific song, the Tim McGraw song, I was driving through, last year I did a uh, a solo road trip through the Smoky Mountains and that song came on and it was uh it got me in my feelings because I felt free I was I was just exploring which is what I love to do and you do a lot of road trips and I live through your road trips it's the same feeling of being on the open road no one can tell you what to do you've got beautiful nature around you and that song just it's everything that I think matters in life and it's so damn simple all you just it just it's just about being a good person that's it. When it comes down to it, I don't know. Just put and, a lot. It just made me feel so happy. And I find that working in radio, and you know, you're listening to three people that have uh, worked in the radio business, uh, and think, oh, that's the greatest thing. You get to play songs. You listen to music all the time. And really, there's so much busy stuff as soon as the record starts. Mm -hmm. That what I find is taking those road trips that you talk about, Sandy, is a time to sit back and really, for sometimes the first time, really hear those songs and those mm -hmm. lyrics and have that just, you know, that music just wash over you and, and really connect with you. So I, I so identify with what you're saying. Yeah. And to hear it on your terms, mm -hmm. you know, when you're on a road trip or when you're in that space of travel and you did some traveling too recently, Maggie. And I remember your pictures. I forgot where exactly it was, but it was like some national park. And it's just having mm -hmm. that moment to be by yourself out there, or even if you're with someone, that's your time. No one else can define that. No one else can interrupt that. So when you hear music that really stands out to you, it makes those memories even more impactful. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Do you have anyone in your life that's like, oh, why are you going on a trip by yourself? Don't you, shouldn't you have someone with you? Is there everyone? Like, oh yeah. Same. Not people I know, but strangers. They don't understand why I do a lot of solo travel. And yeah. for me, I actually need it. I, it, I reboot that way. I reboot. I, yeah. I life is too busy. I'm not meant to be on air all the time or online all the time or talking all the time. Or just on so when, all the time. Or just on. Exactly. And yeah. I think that it can be said for any profession, but especially when you're in the, in the media, you know, we're entertainers and mm -hmm. um, I'm grateful, but I also need to take care of my personal self and my personal self needs to disconnect. So when I travel by myself, I'm social. I love talking to people. I always meet people and I love being able to get up and say, where do I feel like going today? What do I feel like eating today? It's, you know what I mean? I can't piss anyone off that way. Right. It's whatever I want to do. Yeah. If I want to get naked and fart in my hotel room, I'll do it. <laughs> No, you do it. Happens. You do do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no um, debate. You know there... what's funny? Did did was that always that way for you, or always. did it develop over time? Okay, got nope. it. Because when me... I was in my early twenties, my uh, there was a band I loved in in Italy, uh, and I was upset. Well, actually, Corsica, which is right by Italy. I flew there by myself to see the band, and I stayed with a family I'd never stayed with. 
because a video I made on YouTube expressing my love for this band and I did it in French. I don't speak French, but I learned it for the video. And I, I guess it's that sense of exploration. I want to explore. I want to connect. And I'm, I really feel like I can only do it my way when I'm alone. Does that make sense? I'm so glad that you brought that up because there is a story about you and um, Google Translate. And I was hoping that you would retell that for us. That is embarrassing. And I will tell you, that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote a joke about this. So one of my favorite bands is from Corsica. They're called Emu Vrini. It's a long story, but I fell in love with her. I love world music. I love world music and music in different languages. So uh, I was obsessed with the band a few years ago, and I also had a crush on the lead singer. Fun detail, of course. Yeah. Of course I had a crush. Duh, I, yeah. they're, they're, they're always involved in the always. Yeah. And I decided I wanted to go out there, and I saw them in New York once, and uh, I was able to meet them behind the scenes, and the lead singer kissed me on the lips. I, we went to dinner afterwards, and can I, Sandy, can I kiss you on the lips? I'm like, yes. So we kissed, and then they left, and I left, and it was like, oh, my God, I'm not ready to say goodbye to this what-if love story. <laughs> so I made this video, and their manager saw it, and she said, if you're ever here, let me know. So I flew out by myself. I met this family. I, I learned French through Google Translate for 10 months. I was, you guys know what Google Translate is. Everyone does, right? Okay. Yeah. So I was, for 10 months, we never talked on the phone, but they were huge fans of the band. And I would copy and paste my thoughts into Google and then copy and paste them back. And he would do the same, the, the dad, who's a huge fan of the band. And I remember when they picked me up at the airport, it was the first time seeing them in person. And I'd only seen pictures. And I realized, I don't know French. I, I can't speak French. And it was so awkward and so uncomfortable. And the dad learned English just to be able to communicate with me. And then the wife got jealous that the dad would talk to me in English and she and the daughter would go off and, and leave us and gossip about us. They started calling me copine, which means girlfriend. Yeah. And it was, it was, you guys, it was so awkward that I ended up leaving that family after seven days and staying in a hotel by myself. Um, and I told them I'm leaving and the best French I could, but I barely could. And it was like a movie. One day I can't wait to write a book about this. I said, I'm leaving. Everyone knew I was not welcome there. I knew it. I felt it. And the dad, I think he felt horrible. Nothing inappropriate ever happened, but it was just the wife hated me. The daughter thought my dad's giving this stranger attention. And I got, I got, I stepped on the train and as the doors were closing, he's like, I'm so sorry, Sandy. And he started crying. Aww. And then the doors closed and the train went to another part of the island. And I was like, is this seriously my life? Like, this is like the reverse eat, pray, love. Like, this is sad. <laughs> like, but I, I'll never forget. And the, the, yeah, so the funniest part of the Google Translate was I, I thought, okay, this will do it. I'll, I'll be able to talk to people. And, and it translates literally what you're trying to say, but it doesn't mean it's going to make sense in the language. So I kept telling everybody I met how excited I was to be there. So if you type in, I'm so excited on Google Translate, it gives you, je suis excité. But that actually means I'm horny. <laughs> I'm so horny. <laughs> so when I went to this little island. <laughs> I'm excited. All I told people, people was how horny I was. Oh my God. So oh my everyone God. thought I was a creepy pervert, like an American pervert. I was horny for everything. Like if there was a croissant in front of me, I was like, <laughs> Right now, I am so <laughs> <on the internet. laughs>
that's my Google Translate story. And you're welcome. <laughs> and by the way, that's a terrible translation then. Yeah. They should exactly. know if, if somebody is saying I'm excited, they should know what the meaning is behind right. that before they give you the word. I know. Well, and to be honest, I have been horny for a croissant before. So well, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially the chocolate one. Come on. I love that. Well, oh, yeah. you know, it's interesting because that, it, it, that, that really, in looking at these songs, there really is a world vibe to your list. Mm -hmm. Here oh, we really? go. Here we go. Let's do That's song nice. number two. Okay, that's called Cannonball by a group called Flux Pavilion and Snails. What is this song? Why did you pick this song? It's amazing. Yeah, this is really random. I know. It's, I it's love very... electronica. I love dubstep. And I love that kind of music just makes me feel alive. It makes me want to go boxing. It makes me want to work out. So there's something in my blood, in my veins, that when I hear that, it just it makes me feel really like energized. And that specific song, when a couple years ago, I was training for the um, 100 mile bike ride around Lake Tahoe mm -hmm. and, um, and God, it was hard. And the hills were really hard. And they told us not to- <laughs> Biking 100 miles is hard. <laughs> it is really hard, but it's harder with hills. Yeah, so, exactly. So Tahoe, Emerald Bay, it's like, it's beautiful as a bay, but to get up there, it's a, it's a very steep drive. And I was scared to do that hill. So I trained with team and training and they, they, when you train with them, you know, you do five months of training every weekend, but they don't want you to wear headphones because obviously you're on a bike that's dangerous, but it takes away from the experience. So when I was on my solo rides, I would wear one headphone to be a rebel, but I would always put on electronica music because when I was going up the hills, it's the only thing that got me through the damn hills. Right. Soul so Cycle needs that music for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you get those 128 mm -hmm. beats and you just keep... Yeah, yeah. It's like my eye of the tiger survivor but my version of it why do, do you guys have a version like that gets you like all pumped up like a song or a a theme like that like if you're on the uh, treadmill and you need to finish like what is your finish song i'd actually have to get on a treadmill to know <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny most honest answer ever oh. mark could never be a politician that was too honest uh, all right <laughs> i'm sure there's one i just don't know that i could come up with one I know it took me a minute with mine too. I yeah. was actually embarrassed of my choices. Oh, don't be there. Great. You know, I'll, I'll give you one. And, and okay. I, cause I just love the, uh, the riff. I just love it. Cause I love, I love guitars. I love riffs. I love Metallica's enter Sandman. I mean, that, that <gasps> sucker, will, you know, that'll, that'll pump me up. Yes. <laughs> well, and the, and the beginning of it alone, like oh. it sets you up for this ride. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen them live before? Never, never, never. In fact, I don't think I've ever admitted that I, I like heavy metal. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. What made, you what made you decide to do this 100-mile bike ride? Where did this come from? Uh, this came from, so um, I am not athletic, but I used to run. And I, I did a couple full marathons and some halves. And I only did, I only ran because I just wanted to eat at the finish line. Yeah. Like, I literally, nothing to do with health no, at all. No, food at a race is amazing. The, the party yeah, after yeah it's so fun i lived for that i yeah. lived for that so I, yeah i ne it was never about for me it was it was beer yeah it was always the beer afterwards yeah because so. you know at least that day you earned it right that day you have worked for that and the buzz so, is um, like way better way better oh see i just wanted food i never wanted to get drunk but uh, that's changed in my older years um <laughs> 
what was the question? Well, so what made you decide to do this? Yeah. How did you get into it? I did it because, uh, I had knee surgery in 2015 because my knee fell apart and my doctor said no more running. (gasps) And I was like, it made me feel sad. And I wanted to have something to be proud of because I do, even though I hated running, I loved crossing a finish line. There's nothing better than that feeling of look what I actually did for once in my life. I, I did it. So I decided it's lower impact. It won't be bad on my knees. It'll probably help me get in shape. Uh, I gained 20 pounds because of all the sweets. That was fun. Um, but, but yeah, so then I, I just, I just felt like it's, it needed to be the next thing I do. And I'm probably doing something like that again at some point this year, God hoping everything is normal. Uh, in June, I'm, I'm doing like a 30 to 40 mile hike in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. In, uh, it's a place out of Supai Falls. So that's like every year there's a weird theme of something I want to do. Can you talk just, about that hike? Because I know for you, it's been quite a journey and there's phone calls and like a process of doing this. It's, it's tough to get accepted to go down there. Oh, do you know that? I, oh, like, I, I love that. I, I've never been to have a soup pie, but I tried to get a reservation this year and, and that was going to be a, my, one of my Prius road trips to go there. Oh, I hope yeah. you still get it. So it's, it's complicated. So have a soup pie. There's a little town in the Grand Canyon called Supai. There's a tribe of 208 people. It is the smallest town. They still use a mule for delivering mail. They're the only town in America that still uses a mule for mail. But it's these beautiful blue-green waterfalls. There's about five or six blue-green waterfalls. You have to hike to get it. You need a permit, like Mark said, and um, you can't just drive to it. It's a 10-mile hike just to get to the first waterfall. It's crazy. And there's only two days during the year that you can do this. So... February, let's assume COVID-19 wasn't a thing and everything was fine. You have February 1st that you call and everyone else in the world is calling at the same time. The tribe doesn't do online reservations. You have to call. So it's very rare that you actually hear someone on the other line because the line is busy all the time. So you could do February 1st to try to set up a camping reservation for that year if you want to camp. I don't know how to camp. So, and I'm going by myself. So um, there's also a lodge. It's like a super basic, you know, econo lodge type thing. There's 24 rooms. Uh, and then that was June 1st of last year is when I had to call for this year. So that you have to book a year in advance. Wow. So last year, it's so funny. This is how obsessed with this hike I was. I remember last year, 2019, I had my little calendar every single year. Can you guys see this? This is my wiener dog calendar. Oh. I love wiener dog. <laughs> every year I have a, year, a yearly calendar. And the first thing I wrote in my calendar last year was, June 1st, 8 o'clock a.m., call Havasupai. That's the, that it was, I was obsessed with it. And that you have to get obsessed with your goals. You just have to. That's the only way anything gets done is if you're obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Not relationships, but goals. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I put that on my thing and I, I called and I waited for three hours of a busy signal and I fell asleep two times because it was so mind numbing just to hear busy, busy, busy. And then finally somebody picked up and then I got my reservation for this year uh, for late June. And hopefully it'll be open. I'm just yeah. hoping at this point with all this stuff happens. So no we'll see. And I, I, I don't I don't think you might not have a problem unless they, you know, are you know, were worried about this uh COVID nineteen uh boomerang. Um but yeah. uh you know and, and they're so isolated. Now. Yeah, they're so isolated they might not want anybody in. So I, I hope that doesn't happen Thank because mm-hmm. it is a beautiful experience and those waters you 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 can't believe if you just saw a picture of the water you'd think you were somewhere on some crazy caribbean location with this this water should be out in the ocean it shouldn't be you know fresh water 
wow. you know, inlet. And it's it's the chemical makeup of the minerals in the, in yeah. the rock. And it's always it 70 degrees. Inlet. So you can swim in it yeah. if it's warm. Wow. That's why I wanted to go in June because it was going to be, I want to swim. I just want to swim and hike. So yeah. I'm still trying to do hikes, but I'm just doing them with a, is there even a point to this? Or so, you know. Yeah. But I think late June I'll be okay. Let's hope Vegas is open too, because I'm going to yeah. stay in Vegas afterwards as a reward for myself. Yeah. Well, I think the the, the rooms in Vegas will be very inexpensive for a while. Yeah. I mean, have you listen? I don't know. Have you seen uh, Maggie here in Los Angeles? You know, Malibu. You know, with these you know five thousand dollar a night Airbnbs on the beaches, they're begging people to 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 come right now. I mean, mm -hmm. you can get one. They you know disinfected you know 250 dollars a night it's yeah like, you know now's a great time to vacation except kind of we all we in a weird way don't want to yeah do you it's a weird place to be but if you have anything on your online shopping list ch just check right now for the price because i was amazed uh yesterday i didn't intend on it but instagram knows all the crap i like and you know you get the ads mm -hmm. i bought a teeth whitening kit i bought some sunglasses that you're supposed to wear indoors at the end of the night because it changes the rhythms i i mean i was like am i is this okay but, i mean everything's, everything's so what am i supposed you're to just do? working the amazon guys harder that's all you know that's all Sorry. I find myself like they're they're so loud now. Like they not. It's almost like aggressive. Like boom, boom, boom. You know. And you're like, oh god, okay, just yoga. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, ah. Well, and listen, then... <laughs> the reason they're so loud, Maggie, is because there's no other sound anywhere. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I can hear motorcycles racing on the freeways. I don't hear anything except two motorcycles. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's. Like, where are you going? What are you guys doing? Yeah. We're all virtually together right now, but seeing you guys interact together makes my heart so happy because I know you used to work very closely together and it just is so, oh, years, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Really yeah. cute. It is really oh, fun. It is really we're fun. We're a good couple. <laughs> Look at us. Are. Well, here we go. This is your song number three. I'm a cowboy on a steel horse We call that the Havasupai theme song of Bon Jovi's uh, Dead or Alive. But what's interesting is because you do, you talked about Tim McGraw earlier and kind of mm -hmm. having this Western thing. And right there, Bon Jovi, that was a whole kind of a Western thing, the movie. Why that one for Bon Jovi? That Don't one because I was cute. No, but I mean, come on, that's an obvious one. But no, I was introduced to Bon Jovi when I was growing up. My aunt lives in Chandler, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the first time I really got into his music was when I, I started visiting her. And I, I think subconsciously my brain put those together. So it reminded me of, I, you know, I live in a, in a suburban neighborhood in the Bay Area, but my heart feels whole in the desert. That's where I love to go. And that song specifically is just, you know, again, the road trip, the freedom, the sights. So, yeah. Do you, Do you guys have a, a, a geographic landscape that you're more drawn to? Oh, yeah. What do you oh, like? I, yes, I, I, yeah. I, what do you like, Maggie? I'm a mountain river, mountains and rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I think I kind of am too. I, I'm an alpine guy. I like, yeah. I like that. Now, that being said, because Sandy, you and I have talked about our love of, of the Southwest. I love mm -hmm. the in-between and the most beautiful in-between area to me is that area between Sedona and Flagstaff. Because 17? Yes. Flagstaff yes. and yeah, you get the Alpine in, in Flagstaff, and Sedona is, you know, we've talked about just the, the, the spiritual connection with the land and, and everything. That's a gorgeous city. 
it's on have you been maggie to sedona oh. or no oh yeah 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 yeah, I love that drive. Yeah, where it's, the, I don't know what they're called, but the big cactus. Oak Creek the big, Canyon. The Oak old. Oak Creek Canyon. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the real cactus. The, is that what I'm thinking? The big, tall, I can't think of what Coca-Pelli? they're called. The Cocopelli statue? The, I don't know. They're just like really big, and it makes me think of like, hey, dude, from Nickelodeon when we were kids. No. The rock formation? No, uh, just the big cactus. Right. Watch out for them killer cacti. That's fine. She's in the communication business, Sandy. <sighs> She's really just nailing it here. I, they're just a really tall, like, they're... Oh. Are you talking about the trees, I, nature, rock? No, or, I said uh, cactus. They're the big cactus. It's a cactus. Well, the saguaro cactus. Yes, are those. The big, yes. Okay, yeah. And, and those would not be... I don't think those are as far yeah. north as Sedona. They're just a little bit south of but they yes, all in that area. Yeah. And they are gorgeous. Because I've never actually, I've driven through Flagstaff and I could not believe, I was like, is this a forest? And yeah. so that's on my to-do list. The only thing I really know about it right now, besides the, what I've driven through, is that these sister wives have relocated there and I watch their show. Perfect. You're welcome. Oh, that's Perfect. so funny. Well, listen, let me give anybody listening here a, a great little 10-day road trip. And that's from here in, in, in Southern California, at least, uh, here to uh, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then uh, zip up, go take a look at the Grand Canyon, make sure you stop at Cameron, then wander over to Four Corners cool you can put each you know leg arms in a different state go to durango colorado it is at the southern point of the rocky mountains you go up just a little bit into silverton go back in through utah you catch up into zion north of there zip down in you end up in vegas where you cool off and gamble and drink by the pool and eat and then you come home (laughs) <laughs> 10 days it's just fantastic and if you oh. want you get in arches uh, national monument uh while you're uh you know wandering over that way through utah southern utah anyway. is that the trip you took with your son you take that's, a, that's, that's that's i've i've loved that trip so much i've taken it twice i know yeah. i love your road trips like <laughs> do you have I'm any brothers and sisters ever... sandy me no. i am a definite only child which it gets a little unused. This to explains what, what we're looking at. A lot, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, I would say what, what we're looking at. Yeah, we're looking at a, a three-picture screen for all three of us located in different areas. And Sandy, I love her so much. She's wearing a Christmas sweater today. That's perfect. Well, that's because I'm single and I've given up. Um, that's the real reason. <laughs> I, uh, I literally have given up. Do you know, like, even doing this little webcast, I had to choose which pajamas I wanted to wear. I was like, wow, Sandy, how about a real shirt? No, this this shirt makes me comfortable, uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I better get my S together before I go on a dating site because, like, where I'm at now is just, like, I'm just comfortable, even putting on makeup. But anyways, uh, no brothers and sisters, a uh, very, very small family. My parents live in the Bay Area, uh, but that's that's it. Other than that, I probably have six or seven family members and maybe three I talk to semi-regularly it just explains like your ability because i think a lot of people have anxiety for hiking alone in the woods and taking these long road trips by themselves um and i think that explains just your power in being solo you think i never put that together yeah Yeah, i i I didn't get that too that's a that's a that's very interesting and you know I, I, you know, because you talk about the, you know, the variations of this song list here on Y-Tune Shuffle of the songs that Sandy Steck uh, uh, likes, who's uh, uh, with us today. And this next one, uh, I think is, is, uh, is really, really kind of an interesting one. And I'm, I'm kind of mixed about it, but, but listen to a little bit of it and see what you think. Your song number four. This is how- 
I love the title. The title of this is amazing. Happiness Amplified Above and Beyond. What is this song? Where does it take you? What does it make you think of? It just, guys, I don't even have a memory for this. It just makes me feel my most alive, happy self. That's all I know. It makes, I get transported into a world of what would it be like if I was in my full power right now? If I was feeling 100% great about my body, my health, my job, my finances, if I had a partner I could stand next to. It just, it just, it's like opening a door to the possibility and what I truly believe I deserve and will manifest one day. It's not here yet, but it's, it's like giving me a glimpse of the feeling that I want to feel all the time. Yeah. Well, and, and it is in, interesting because it, it lyrically kind of starts out being a, 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 a little bit sad. I almost hear because it's so driving. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit angry you know, just a little bit angry. But yet, uh, you know, I came in search of answers to questions I can't find, but you answered them somehow. Poetry in motion. I mean, it really is. Uh, uh, it's it, it, The song's really giving you a lot there, isn't it? Should I ever be in a relationship? My list of songs will change. But right now, the undertone is, where the hell is he? Uh, anyways, <laughs> just kidding. No. And, and have you figured that answer out at all? I mean, no, no. He's out there asking the asking. same thing. I know, I know. It's so funny. Life is a growth, and I never cared about dating anyone. I was always really busy, and it's not just because of the quarantine. But I'm in a place now where I'm ready to like. I would like to meet someone and actually like try this out. Let's actually try this out. Um, but I, I'm not on any dating apps, and I don't feel comfortable with it necessarily because I always feel like I have to like sell myself and that feels gross mm-hmm. so i don't know i just wanted to have everything that i've done how, has been organic friends are organically meeting them so how we'll how is that different from stand-up because i feel like there is even before you open your mouth you walk up on stage and there is a little bit of like selling you and like who you are right like you pick your shirts on purpose there's a, you, you yeah. dress in a certain way on purpose is that different to you to sell yourself to an like, audience as opposed to like oh god that's a great question because I, I wrestle with that sometimes sometimes i do a show and even if i have fun i'm frustrated because i don't feel like i'm doing exactly what i'm supposed to be doing because i i struggle to express the depth of who i am on the air and on stage and i don't necessarily always want to be jokes you know so even telling you guys that story about corsica earlier and the lead singer about google translate my jokes I have a whole story about that, but I never get into the, the the story about it. It's just the jokes about it. So, you know, everything, art, whatever you want to call it, everything's a, a journey of becoming a better person at what you're doing. And I think as a comic, what I, I'm hoping to do more of is becoming a better writer and a more truthful writer. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to like leave stage and just be like, there's my jokes. I don't want to just well- be jokes. <laughs> And let yeah. me ask you this to, to bring it back to radio, because, yeah. you know, all three of us uh, have got a lot of experience uh, in radio. Uh, radio, you know, they always want you to kind of, you know, they don't want anything controversial. They mm-hmm. don't want, you know, so, you know, do you keep it under 40 seconds. Yeah. Career, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you think the chosen career kind of has has held you back from being able to really dive in like because uh, I've I've heard of great comedians, world-class comedians, Dave Chappelle, so on and so forth, just saying you've got to connect with the stuff that 
maybe people won't like you for connecting with, but yeah. you, you, just to get it out there and get that truth. Yes, and the answer is 100,000%. And I wrestle with it all the time because I'm very lucky to be on air and I'm very grateful and I do have fun doing what I do. But I do struggle with the same questions I struggle with in comedy is, what did I actually just say? Am I excited about what I said? Does anyone actually know who I am as a person? And I sometimes I'm like, am I overanalyzing myself? Am I overanalyzing this whole thing? Like it is entertainment, you know? Mm -hmm. Like they're not here for a TED talk or a Tony Robbins seminar, but I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe my, <laughs> my maybe my realm, my maybe I'm gonna eventually like all the podcasts that I listen to are all the the people who are into growth, self um, growth, and uh, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, health, growth, vulnerability. I really, really like that that world, but I don't know exactly, you know, it's like, how do you get a job in talking about your truths when we're still trying to figure it out? Does that make sense? I think you it just said it. I think you just said and, it. And you know what? Your your truth, uh, you know, it, it it's always and constantly evolving. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's certain things that, you know, lie there that, that are, are your foundation, which I think pretty much were set by the time you're three or four years old, but... You know, that's the whole joy of life is, mm -hmm. is you know, finding new depths to yourself and hopefully being able to uh, be lucky enough to express them uh, in ways. And being able to change your mind. You yeah. know, like you're allowed to yeah, change. Yeah. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to change your profession. Like, I've Unless you're Bernie Sanders. Years. He doesn't change at all. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> um. But, but but I don't know if this is my future, you know, because there's more of me that I want to give and do. And I don't know what the perimeters of the industry, if there's a room for it there, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, we all have to go find our people, whatever that is, yeah. our audience, our, 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 our people. And I'm still figuring that out. I like a lot of, like you guys, where we all have different, we have so much depth. It's not yes. just one thing. There's many things. If I'm when I went to Oprah, I'm pretty sure I got it. <laughs> if I may leave you with just one thought that has helped me overcome so much fear in stand up, it, it was someone told me, if you can't be funny, be interesting. And it just gave me permission to be okay with the fact that sometimes what I'm going to have to say might not be hilarious, but it's fascinating. Right. And so even yeah. though like the audience might walk away, like not laughing really hard, they're going to remember me because it was the truth and it was interesting. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the hardest thing about comedy, too, and even radio, because our station, we're not a news station. Mm -mm. We are a music station, and, and we, have to, we talk in between our songs, but we still want to keep people entertained. So there's always this underlining thought of, okay, let's wrap it up. Where are we going? Yeah. What's our exit? What are we going to talk about next? And, yeah. and, and it's, it's this delicate balance of all these different elements of one simple thing you're trying to talk about on the air. And sometimes I get overwhelmed with, I just want to tell the damn story. I'm so tired of thinking about where we're going, what we're doing. Is this interesting? Is this connecting? Am mm -hmm. I making sense? Am I being, you know what I mean? And well, yeah. listen, that's why I'm not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you stop that. You, stop that. <laughs> you know, they got, they got tired of my stories. <laughs> we are not tired. Uh, we are not tired. Um, speaking of radio, just here's a little nugget about Above and Beyond Happiness Amplified. That group, they produce a weekly radio show as well called Group Therapy Radio. And they host like a two-hour broadcast, which you can get every Friday on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. 
So they are. Oh, I'm already no subscribed. Oh, yeah. This okay. Well, then you know. I listen all the time. It's great. I, I <laughs> well, got that to tells you how much money's in music these days, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me about it. It's a rough one out there. It's a rough one. You got to interview them? Is that what you said? I did. I got my one of my coworkers is a big electronica guy, and he had them in the studio. We were going to their concert that night, and he's like, "Hey, they're going to come here, and I'm going to interview them." I'm like, "What?" And I, you guys, I don't fangirl out for anyone, and I don't know what happened to me. I was so. He, and then he goes, "Do you want to do a quick interview with them?" I'm like, "What?" So I wasn't prepared, and I felt very out of my element because I don't know anything about electronica. I just know, oh my god, I love the beat. It makes me happy. So I really <laughs> felt dumb interviewing them. I'm like, guys. Um, Please forgive me because I'm not in the industry, but I just know I love you. I love your music. I, I looked, I did some questions, but whew, my armpits were hella sweaty that day. Yeah. That's all I'm going to tell you. They were, you know, the pits were, yeah. I've watched Mark do a few interviews where he's like, I don't know who these people are. And he's got paperwork in front of him. He's like, I think you are doing the things and you're, yeah, you've been, Mark is seamless. He's such a great interviewer. It, it's amazing day all people want us to feel like you connect with them as a person right. you know what i mean behind the credits behind a little paper that you hand them about what they're doing mm-hmm. they want to know like do you care that i'm here do you do you also have breakfast i have breakfast like we're <laughs> so simple when it comes down to it, you know yeah we're so simple yeah well and i think too if if you come from uh, uh the starting point that you love music and you agree that music has you know, changed your life, helped inform your life and uh, uh, such a musical connection. Uh, And that's, uh, I love musicians just because of that. So uh, it's easy to, uh, for me to talk to a musician just, you know, because I'm already adoring them. Mark, is there a favorite interview that you've conducted over your years in radio? I can tell you my best and my worst. Let's hear, I can't wait. Uh, let's see. Let's start with the Believe best. Believe it or not, one of my very best, well, it's it's kind of a toss-up between uh, 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 first meeting Lionel Richie, who um, uh, was just very open, and, and we kind of became friends, and, and we'd exchange cards and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, and he was really fun to connect with. Um, the worst is also the favorite human being that I've ever had the, the joy to be around other than my, you know, my immediate family. And that was Paul McCartney. I got to spend 20 minutes with Paul McCartney interviewing him. And I was like Sandy described, you know, the sweat pits, the whole thing. <laughs> it was, I felt like Chris Farley in that Saturday night live <laughs> skit with Paul McCartney was, <laughs> you're in the Beatles, huh? You know, <laughs> Because uh, uh, what are you uh, saying? And, that he, and, that hasn't know, even been said. Well, you know, the, 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 the thing with Paul McCartney personally is that all of his, and even to a certain degree, Lionel Richie, and a lot of musicians that I've interviewed, is they have a, a, a circuit of stories. It's like a, maybe a stand-up comedian's mm-hmm. jokes that they, you know, go through on a two-hour set. And so, so I've heard all of them, and trying to find a different way to get to a different answer, whatever, and they circle back to those stories. So Paul did that, and 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 but I also didn't feel like I tried to ask questions of substance, but I was so distracted because I was sitting next to Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it wasn't a picture I, it was actual in person. Oh, I was in person. I was in the bowels of the forum right before a, a sound <laughs> check. And I and I, I listen, one of the kindest, sweetest people that I ever met was Linda McCartney, who just wanted to talk about 
being a vegetarian in food. And and she was really sweet and she wanted to make sure I was okay and kept Aww. me company. And um, yeah, she was uh, she was really, really nice. I mean, they both were, were nice, but it was a terrible interview. And people say, hey, I'd love to hear that interview with Paul and I won't let anybody hear it. <laughs> Why do you think it was terrible? Yeah. You just don't have confidence in your delivery? Well, I think because A, there was nothing new or interesting about the interview it was just the kind of the same old thing hey what did you did you think that this was gonna did you think the beatles were gonna be popular man <laughs> you know and it, I, I just i was embarrassed by the interview when i listened back to it i'm sure it was great yeah but... well we're our own worst critics and so a lot true. of people don't know you know behind the scenes if we're going to interview someone sometimes they tell us you can't ask them certain things oh, mm-hmm. and that happens happy. all the time mm-hmm. so it's it. like you have all these little restrictions Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to interview somebody that did that. Mariah Carey did that to us, and uh, then she called late, and we wouldn't take her call, and she broke her phone. And I had the president of Sony Records on the phone, giving me a world of crap about how dare I be rude to her. And it's like, really? I get stiffed. I'm talking to you know all these people in, on the radio, and your artist you know, is on their own time and I'm going to, you know, wait until 10 minutes before I leave the air to finally put them on the, that happened uh, also with Rod Stewart to me too, but oh, wow. you know, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it happens every once in a while. It does happen. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I anyway, Ooh, and I like this last song you've picked too. All right, here we go. Song, I like this guy. Song number five. I love the rebelness of this guy. That's Chris Stapleton's "When the Stars Come Out." Did you? Were you right on that? Because you, you know, you had Tim McGraw's your first song uh, today. Uh, here's number five, and it's another country artist. Uh, how did you discover uh, Chris Stapleton? Ah, uh, well, this is the funny story. I told you earlier, I was not. I never grew up liking country music. I was pretty rude about it. Uh, I just don't want to hear about a banjo and an ex-girlfriend. I don't care. And then a few years ago, um, our company, iHeartRadio, had the concert in Las Vegas, and they have all these different artists, and there's always at least one or two country people. And I knew Chris Stapleton's name, but I was like, oh, God, the country guy. Let's just, should we leave? Should we leave and then come back? Let's go get a drink. And then when he's done, we'll come back. So as soon as he started singing, I was, like, getting up to, to, to start, and I heard him singing Tennessee Whiskey, and it was so good that my whole body had chills. And I, I said, I can't leave. And I was transfixed. And I don't know what happened to me, you guys, but I fell in love with Chris Stapleton. Not in love with him like I want to marry him, but like, who is this guy? And where have I been my whole life to not know the depth of really good music? And then I've, I've been to three of his concerts and I'm going to my fourth this year. Wow. I can't wait. So that song specifically, I love that song because um, la- was it last year? You know, I do a lot of road trips. And one of my road trips, I went to Nashville for my birthday two years ago. Yes. And when I was in Nashville, um, you know, country town, country boys, country hats, mm-hmm. beards, all the hot shit that I like. Oops, sorry, stuff that I like. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but we can. Um, yes, you that. can. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, it was a very country vibe. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to find me a hot bearded man and make out with him sometime on this trip. Like, that was my goal. And I did. Um, but not the way I intended. I ended up going to lunch by my, while well, I was by myself 
I, uh, I hiked, I went, um, what's it called? Canoeing during the day? Is it ki no, kayaking, sorry, kayaking. Oh. But it was so hot and humid. It was Labor Day weekend in, in Nashville. It was 90 degrees, sweat all over the place. I had my hat on. And after I was done, I was just like, I'm so hot. I need to go somewhere where I can hide and not be seen. So um, this is very embarrassing, but I went to a Joe's Crab Shack because <laughs> I wanted crab. I don't know why, but crab sounded really good after a hot day. And I was like, it's it's not on the main drag. It's off the it's off the main street. It's fine. Well, my waiter was hot, and I was like, damn it, he's hot. I didn't need him to be hot. So the good thing was I was so like you can't hide this. Like I was sweating at the hat and I was just really myself. Again, I was by myself. I was on a trip. I had a great day, great time. And at the end of the, the day, he goes, well, I really enjoyed talking to you. And he goes, I'm, I kind of wish you weren't leaving. And I said, I was very, I was very like Samantha on sex in the city. I was like, well, what do you want me to do about that? I can write my number down on the check here. Uh, you could give me your number or I can leave and never talk to you again, which is actually fine because I'm having a great time. I'm on vacation. So what uh, what do you want me to do? And he goes, OK, uh, how about you write your number down? So I wrote my number down and he texted me later that night. And of course, it was my last night in Nashville. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to get laid. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and his text was to tell me he was going to bed. That is so my life. Hey, it was really nice meeting you today. I'm going to bed. And I thought to myself, you know what? Who am I kidding? I'm in my sweatpants in my room. I want to go to bed too. So I said, great meeting you too. And I was like, of course. Then the next day I'm leaving, but I'm leaving at night. And he texts me, hey, I know this is random, but I don't start till later today if you want to do lunch. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go on a lunch date with my waiter. So I did. And we had a couple drinks before his shift. Uh, and we ended up kind of making out lightly. But I, between the bearded, it was this fantasy of, he, and he was a really good singer. Holy crap, if he applied himself, he could be famous right now. His voice, even though he was a waiter at Joe's Crab Shack, I know. But he was really, really talented. <laughs> so it was like Nashville, I'm on my own, I'm meeting people, I'm making memories, this bearded man. And, and I ended up coming back a few months later to see him. And we were driving to my favorite waterfall out there it's a two hours outside of nashville it's called cummins falls in cummins it's national park beautiful there yeah, yeah. love it oh I yeah. Love that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. so we were driving to that waterfall and i had fantasized about that moment about being with him and hearing that song and i put that song on and i was like here we are this is what i was wanting to happen and here we are now was he an alcoholic yes and that's why it ended however um <laughs> the memory of the waterfall was still very sweet yeah and yeah, right. so that just reminds me of a really sweet, it's a moment that I want to have with someone else. Like I want to be going on our little adventure on, on our own with something like that in the background, you know? Mm -hmm. So the song really should be called When the Stars Come Out at Cummings Falls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Before the whiskey takes over and then you can't. Before the whiskey it. takes okay. over, the Tennessee whiskey, <laughs> you know, everything's wrapped right up in uh, in Chris Stapleton there. I love that. I do too. This has been really... You did an amazing job putting them together. I love this. I would love to hear both of your very first concert experience as we kind of wrap up this episode of Why Tune Shuffle. Mark? Wow. Okay. Listen, I'm going to date myself here, but <laughs> and, and I, I've been very embarrassed because, again, I was a big prog, progressive rock, jazz, you know, fusion fan, okay? My very first concert 
was Three Dog Night. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. In Salt Lake City. Uh, I still have the ticket stub. And this uh, Three Dog Night, if you have never listened to Three Dog Night, Google them. They're all over uh, 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 YouTube. But they had some of the greatest session musicians on the planet. Let me just ask you, Mark. Behind them. And, and then, and then they, they ended up going out on the road with them, creating this unbelievable band. They had all these hits in the, in the 70s. And uh, uh, Never Been to Spain, written by Hoyt Axton, whose mother wrote Heartbreak Hotel for Elvis Presley. Anyway, wow. who did you my, who did you go with? Who did you go with? I went with my brother Eric, and then we. I wanted to get down on the floor because I had really crappy seats, mm-hmm. and so literally, you know, the, like the loge, I jumped off like a second story building down to the floor so I could get him. I had security guys chase me, but I was a young, I was, I was, you know, I was so fourteen years old and and you bendy. Know, was, yeah, you right could do that. There. So I got to hang out there at Three Dog Night. And Jeremiah oh, was oh a bulldog. God. Yeah. <laughs> And the second, the, the second concert, this was up in Salt Lake City. It was a summer concert. My parents got divorced. My dad was living in Salt Lake. The second concert that same summer, I saw Linda Ronstadt oh. open with Stone Ponies for Neil Young. Wow. And she, wow. it was Neil Young and Linda Ronstadt, wow. which was, you know, because her documentary, I don't know if you've seen her documentary. Uh, I think it's on uh, Netflix or whatever, but look for it. It's great. Wow. Uh, but that was that was a great summer for shows. That's Never great. forget oh, it. Neat. You had classy first concerts, yeah, yeah, right? Was, yeah, what was yours? Well, I, Three Dog Night. I, you know, I, it was. I was always embarrassed to ever tell anybody it was Three Dog Night. But <laughs> now I'm proud. Well, I'm just as embarrassed of mine for the same exact reason. Um, my first concert. I was nine years old, and my father took me to California's Great America to see Vanilla Ice. And you're welcome, guys. Ice, ice, baby! I've seen him twice in concert, and I'm embarrassed to say that, but he's fantastic, yeah! He was my, and my poor dad, my poor dad, (laughs) has had a ring in his ears ever since. This was over... Over 20 years ago, uh, I don't even remember when this was, 30 years ago, something like that. My, my poor dad, yeah, 30 years ago. Jesus, I can't do math. But anyways, it was so loud that it hurt my dad's ears. And ever since then, and he's never gotten it fixed. And I said, every time I see my dad, I said, you still have the ring? Yep, still there, Sandra. So oh, it makes me wow. sad that my dad's been scarred from that concert. Oh. Was that your, you picked that? Or was it just because he was? You're a horrible human That's being. That's funny. Did, uh, did you, you told him you wanted to see that show and he, yeah. you know, took, took his girl it was, being a good dad. it was that it yeah. was new kids on the block uh bon jovi another one of my first concerts was oh, and he was performing with nine inch nails at the time i didn't know who they were wow. yeah, that's, so. a, that's a lineup yeah no kidding i know i know so yeah that was um it's so weird when you talk about your first concert because i just feel like gosh like is this really that was my that's it like i wish i had like yours had depth maggie what do, do you remember yours I was much older for my first concert. I went to see No Effects in San Diego. And I I only bought the tickets because my high school sweetheart at the time loved, you know, punk rock a lot. And I was like, oh, these are, I can afford these. Like, I'll buy them. It'll be a cool surprise. Well, then he broke up with me and I still had the tickets. And so I took my best friend to this day, Sabrina, whom you've met, Mark, and, uh, we drove down to San Diego, and it was a great time. We got so drunk. I was like 19. 
And um, I just remember like there were bleachers for some reason in this space. And like we were running behind the bleacher. Like it was a great time. It was a great time. Yeah. Oh, how fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, for, for, for me, it's also been uh, because I'm a father of four children. <laughs> and uh, so each one of those kids have had their first concert experience with me. Oh, um, wow. So my daughter, Michelle, uh, I took her to a Barry Manilow concert. We we had a, a Barry a Manilow concert with the radio station. Yes. So she goes, my very first concert was Barry Manilow. Mm. Uh, my son, uh, oh, Erica, my oldest, I took her. Uh, she wanted to see New Kids on the Block. Of course. And so we went to see New Kids on the Block and went backstage. And she oh, met wow. New Kids on the Block. Yeah, well, I was, you, you know. ruined concerts for her. Yeah. Thing I had. I, I had connections. Uh, and then uh, my son, Ryan, um, I took him to see Kid Rock open for Aerosmith at the Hollywood Bowl. Kid Rock, I mean, he's a, you know, he was a, a filthy man, filthy. Yeah. And I didn't want my 10-year-old to be around the language, right? So mm. we purposely waited to, you know, I said, we'll go in when Aerosmith starts. Well, Kid Rock was there and every other word was a bad oh, one. You know, no. bleep, right? bleep, bleep, yeah. I was just appalled. But my son, when he saw Joe Perry play guitar with Aerosmith, he said, "That's what he wants to do." I, I mean, I'm 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 here in this uh, kind of music study that I have in my house with all my sons. You know, became a musician, and and oh, it's cool. all my fault. Joe Perry, that stupid concert. So, what and then what about started? Dylan? What was the other one? What was the other for Dylan? I wanted all of my kids to see the music that I loved which was the Beatles. And I spent a ton of money and took all four of my kids to see Paul McCartney at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, so wow. that was Dylan's first show was Paul McCartney ah, at the Hollywood Bowl. Awesome. So by the way, he wins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about, <laughs> um, what about the last music you saw live? What was the last show you saw? And it doesn't have to be popular and even like small cafe, whatever. I don't think I'm cultured because I don't even remember. It's going to take a minute. The last one I saw was right. Cheryl you, Crow. You, you... Cheryl Crow, she oh, performed good. at the iHeartRadio Theater, I think back in December. And so we went and she was talking about her new album. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But she played the whole yeah. thing and it was amazing. It was so good. And, yeah. oh. and the album's done very well. It's, it was, yeah. Uh, she really. That name of the album right out of the top of. No, I'm kidding you, Maggie. I love you I'm so I'm going to look it up because I have um, this thing called a computer right in front of me. <laughs> okay. You go ahead and look. And then I'll tell you uh, the last show that I saw was uh the steve gad band i love live jazz yes here in los angeles you've got the baked potato legendary jazz club where all these guys that are world-class musicians that play like let me give you an example the steve gad band who i went and saw steve gad do you know paul simon's 50 ways to leave your lover Mm -hmm. Well, that's Steve Gadd who created that drum riff on that. And he played with Steely Dan on their album, Asia. Uh, The guitarist is a guy by the name of Mike Landau, world-class legendary guitarist, Walt Fowler, trumpet player, uh, Jimmy Johnson on bass. These guys are James Taylor's background band. But they, on the side, do what they love, which is playing this jazz. So... I go to the Catalina Club where they were playing. It was, uh, I think, $35 to see the show. I got a dinner. The whole thing 
cost me 80 bucks per person, right? So it's a, you know, it's a, 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 an incredible three and a half hour experience with live music, a wonderful dinner, cocktails, mm -hmm. and yeah. there were only a hundred people there. It was oh, that's awesome. Time. That's my kind live of show. Music, yeah. Local live and with food. I love that. Oh, food and drinks. Yes. I honestly and now, think what about yours? I think it was Chris Stapleton and I think it was two years ago. That's why I'm like so embarrassed. I'm like, God, That's I really don't. the last time you saw live music? Yeah. Even I, in Nashville? Uh, no. Yeah. In Nashville, you had to have seen oh, something live. Yes. I mean, like, that's like walking into clubs and their people are just playing, though. Yes. I went to the Grand Old Opry last year. That was interesting. Yeah. I forgot about that. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> I was like, you. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, listen, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's great to do that. But I'm I'm a big fan of 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 check out some of the jazz clubs, see who some of these people are, Google their names. You could find out that they're, you know, I mean, you, you could be someone with some of the, the greatest players in their field, you know, and yeah. just see them right up close and, you know. The Cheryl Crow album I'm talking about is Threads, by the way. Threads. Oh, threads. Okay, threads. that's right. Yeah. Well, you guys, this has been amazing. Sandy, thank you for bringing these amazing songs to this show. If you haven't already, please um, follow her on all of her social medias, which we can find you at. At Sandy Steck, S-A-N-D-Y-S-T-E-C. Or at standysteck.com as well. Mark Wellengren, this has been really, really fun. Kind of like a reunion where I'm in the driver's seat <laughs> for once. Yeah, I love this. You know what? Listen, this is the age of women drivers. So uh, I, I'm all for that. And by the way, I'm tired of driving. <laughs> I'm tired too. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. You know, and, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's, you, you're doing a great job, uh, you know, Sandy at Coast doing the Afternoon Smile yeah. show, and I'm really doing well. I am now a groundskeeper at, at my house. I'm loving every moment of being with my family. I was, I was washing um, my son's car the other day because there's nothing else to do. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, my wife was uh, out running and, and she pulled in to the driveway and she got out of the car and she was crying and I thought oh my god what happened and she goes it's just so good to see you and have you home oh, and it was like so oh sweet. it just touched me it's just touched my my kids are just saying it's like you know because you know Sandy doing a morning show especially but uh you know it's can be 10 to 14 hour days and that affects for me as a as a father of four and a, and a husband it, you know it affects my life around the house so the, you know, everybody's like very nice and they still like me. That's, I'm really happy. <laughs> now, hasn't nobody's gotten sick of anyone yet? No. And you know what? We're quarantined here and, and my daughter and uh, her boyfriend have moved in. Uh, my other, I, I've got everybody here. You want to hear a little COVID-19 like tragedy? It's uh -oh. not a tragedy, but it's, it's, uh, you know, because we've got everybody here in this house both of my daughters have lost their jobs. Mm. Oh. Uh, my my daughter's uh, boyfriend also lost her job. So, I mean, everybody's like, in one month, while all this has kind of been going on, because I kind of saw potentially something happening a little bit earlier, but I have spent $2,400 on groceries. I just ran it this morning. <laughs> oh my Both God. Sandy and I, our eating, eyes are like bug-eyed. Yeah. Feeding eight yeah. people. That's a lot. You know, it's like... Uh, this thing better and quickly because uh, I'm 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 going to be pitching my tent out on the lawn 
Yeah. And, uh, we all know, are. Renting out like rooms. Toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's crazy out there, but I'm so glad they could be with you though. That's, that mm-hmm. makes me happy to know you're all, you know, supporting them together. And let me tell you, it's, I don't like saying this cause I don't mean it the way it might sound, but I'm loving every minute of this. I'm mm. loving the connection that, mm. that, that back in. I, I hate what's going on and what I'm hearing. And, and uh, you know, I'm very nervous and, and, and afraid for the people, uh, you know, the health workers putting, you know, their selves at risk. I mean, I'm so glad here in the state of California, uh, and especially in Los Angeles, uh, where the mayor was talking about how important it is to protect grocery workers because mm-hmm. they're the ones who was coming in contact with a lot of people. But uh, I'm I'm really loving connecting with uh, my family and and people like you because this is this is the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that we uh, emerge in a better world after this. I think I so. think we will, and it also gives you a chance to kind of find a different kind of groove in your life with people that even even me. I live by myself, but it makes me think and be more thankful for. The, the times I've spent with friends. So you just have a yeah. new, everyone's getting a different perspective that was kind of forced, but maybe in a way it's, it's, it's a good thing because we'll be so much happier just to have the people who we have. And, and you know what, I, if I could just throw out a, a COVID-19 social media recommend, maybe you're already into it, but uh, I've just uh, joined up recently and that's House Party. You've heard of the app House Party? No. Hmm. Uh, Okay, go to the uh, your app store and look for House Party because you know how everybody's talking about Zoom has exploded. Zoom, these uh, meetings and these parties. Yeah. Well, House Party is Zoom on your phone and it's a house party and everybody, I mean, it's, it's the greatest thing because uh, everybody's on it and I, I'm, I'm having a great time hanging with house party. I'll send you an invite. Oh, good. Oh, how fun. Good. Okay. I want, I want to have all of your eight family members on the on the line i know oh, we we'll could. do that we'll do that and you know what i'll do is i'll i'll fix uh, some of my famous uh, lemon drop martinis those are the best. <gasps> those are the best first drink i ever got drunk off of not mad at it not mad at it <laughs> <laughs> you can follow mark wallengren as well on all the socials he's at mark wallengren w-a-l-l-e-n-g-r-e-n and all of this and the songs if you love them they are posted in the blog which is in the link of the description of this episode as well I've been Maggie Mayfield, your host. So happy to have you here. And if you haven't already, please find us on all the socials or anywhere you download podcasts at iTunes Show. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Y Shuffle.